imagine four percent, and you have let's say a hundred thousand dollars. You can only buy one house, okay? And you do your burp. Maybe altogether you need two hundred thousand. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills, or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host Sarah Larby. Welcome back. It is Sarah Larby. You are listening to Where Should I Invest? Today's guest is Cody Ye, who is a real estate investor, but also trades stocks and options uh, and does some investing on that as well. Cody came to Canada when he was 18 from Taiwan. Uh, he came to study here in school. And then what happened is he quit uh, his six-figure job after uh, he graduated and, and got a good job. Uh, he quit that. He was an engineer uh, and he started to really focus on uh, trading, real estate, and all that good stuff. And we have a great conversation. In terms of real estate investing, this is not so much about real estate investing, but just you know, looking outside and investing in general. And, uh, and Cody has done really well. He was able to leave the nine to five job by focusing on, uh, on investing in, in general and being an entrepreneur and uh, has been very successful and currently today teaches others how to do that as well. So hope you enjoy the podcast. Cody, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Catch me when I'm drinking water. I'm doing <laughs> fine. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. All good. All good. So I'm really inspired by your story. And, uh, you know, I, I would only ask this because you're, you're, you are so young, but how old are you? Um, I just turned 30. Very cool. And give us, you know, uh, an overview of, you know, being 30, what you've accomplished and, and 30, you're basically, you know, retired, you've got a ton of amazing success. Give us some insights or maybe a little bit of, of uh, information on who you are. Yeah. So my name is Cody Ye. Uh, came from Taiwan, uh, came with a student visa at age of 18, went into uh, mechanical engineering at one of the well-known school in Toronto. Uh, University of Toronto, grind my way through it, uh, went through 16 months of internship at Honda, working as a project engineer, I ended up going back there. And then and the really reason why I went back there is because I know there's a lot of potential for overtime to really racking a lot of money. And that will give me the initial down payment to buy my first house, right? So I got my first house in uh, 2016, not under my own name, my mom wants to buy one in Toronto, uh, where around uh, Young and Eglinton, where the LRT is coming up. So I say, here's thirty to fifty thousand. I want part of it, right? Back then it was half a million. Now it's I don't know nine hundred to a million, right? So I bought the second house in 2017, and then third, the fourth, and 2019, right? Uh, all under my own name now. So um, <laughs> that was a that was a right, right? I uh, started as an engineer, work as a project manager. But while I was working as a project manager full-time at Honda, I know there's more to it than just working for 30 years, right? So, you know, I stumbled upon a real estate investing. I know and in, in really anywhere in the world, 90% of the millionaires really came from real estate, right? So I say, I got to get into that. So I, I, I drive around, go to all the seminars I can get to, listen to all the podcasts, including yours. Maybe not at that time yet, but you know, uh, once you have yours and I listen to it as well while I'm driving, I, I used to commute a lot, right? One hour, one way at a point of time. And whenever I'm not attending any real estate seminar, I am actually doing day trading at night for the Asian market. So that's the only way I can work from seven to five, go home, prepare, 
and I pray at night for, you know, prepare for an hour or two. I trade for another hour or two and I write report and I draw lines, all the charts, you know, all, whatever those looks like, write report on why was I doing that? Was that a good decision? And then I did that for two years before I say, I, I just quit my job. And, you know, um, at that time I have already been practicing, you know, um, a more passive way of trading stock and option. So uh, before I quit, I got actually replace my six-figure income. So um, that could be the leap of faith. And then I, I think I can build something bigger. I quit uh, last year, January, 2020, without knowing the COVID. Uh, I saw the COVID in Asia, but I didn't know it was gonna turn out like this, right? So couldn't, uh, you know, never look back. And, uh, and thank God it's been working really well, so. <laughs> Very cool. I mean, you've got an inspiring story. I wanted to bring you on because you do both real estate and investing in, in paper assets. And it doesn't always have to be one or the other. I think it's just important to look at it uh, as a whole and then make your decisions. And that's why I wanted to have you come on because you've been successful as an investor. You've also been successful with trading. Now I'll tell you, I don't know a whole lot about it and I won't pretend that I know a whole lot about it because that's not my style, but I wanted to bring you on because I think that what you're doing is really cool and also mix, yes. mixing in the real estate investing piece and just to get your side, your side of it. What, what are some pros and cons if you could share between let's just call it real estate as the as an asset and then paper stocks uh, and trading as as a, a type of investment yeah great question a very loaded question and just first of all disclaimer i only share the things i do so if i don't do it i don't share it. i won't say i hear it from here i think it works no I, i'm not that type of person just like you you know me right so from my perspective from what i've seen is real estate depending on where you are, but where I am is in Toronto, North York, right? So to me, a Toronto kind of like a radian of one hour to one and a half hour drive, we can still get a good uh, cash flow. And because of the fundamental, right, all, all the migration, immigration, GDP, diversify industry, all that, everything still points to a really good long-term growth. So I think real estate is still the, the pillar of how I built wealth, right? So in real estate, we always, you know, a lot of people say, hey, real estate cash flow is king. But the truth is only from my perspective is cash flow and real estate is very minimum. Okay. One of any of my legal duplex after I subtract everything and to be real is only 300 to $500. I don't manage myself, right? I, 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 I put in vacancy rate, fee and all that. So it's only 300 to $500, but I have a lot of money sitting there. Right. Of course, I try to pull pull the L out, but still, it's it's not a good cash flow, uh, good enough cash flow uh, vehicle for me. Right. So we're on the other side. You know, a lot of real estate investors don't like stock, or don't like option, or a lot of stock option investors don't like real estate. Right. So because I did both, I'm still doing both. I'm actually teaching stock and option. Right. So that's why I think I can confidently speak to it. And stock and option can help you cash flow a lot better. Right. So a lot of my students, including myself, we have a kind of like a target, you know, my hit and my misses. Sometimes we go way over. Sometimes we go a little under, but we have a 4% per month kind of roughly. So that's almost 40 to 50%. Of course, depending on the market, you know, 2020 has been an odd year, but imagine 4% and you have, let's say, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, you can only buy one house. Okay. And you do your bird, maybe altogether you need 200,000, right. And then you pull out, you know, half of it or three quarters of it, but you leave some in. But imagine if you only have, that's say $100,000, right? 
in a real estate, the cash flow you three to five hundred dollars, right? But if you have four percent out of that hundred thousand dollar, how much that is? Four, four. That's almost like four thousand dollar per month, right? Four um, uh, percent, right? Four thousand dollar per month, and that is a lot, ten times more than three to five hundred dollar, right? Just based on the math. Again, there's up and down, but average out. That's what we're getting, and. You know, this is not to replace real estate, not to replace, you know, don't do what I do. Like you just go quit your job because you think this can replace it, right? Unless you really have something else lined up, right? But this could be a good way for people who have a nine to five job already invest in real estate and you, you ran out of money. Instead of going to JV, right? Joint venture, or instead of going through creative financing, you can actually use, you know, take the money you're saving right now and then increase the speed of that down payment accumulation. And then you can buy your next house or your next uh, rental properties faster. Or even buy your first, um, uh, first ever home faster, right? Using this method. So it's a good, they go really hand in hand with real estate, whether you already have one or not, you're still getting into one, right? This can speed up the saving for your next down payment. And if, if you already have it, you say, hey, I have a high net worth, then this could be a way where you know, you only spend less than 30 minutes per day on stock option trading on your phone. And hey, if you have a big nest egg and you, you can actually generate a lot of cash flow. You don't have to sell your real estate. You don't have to, you know, uh, use, uh, dip into your nest egg, right? And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, I just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker, Dahlia Barsoom, and her team at Streetwise Mortgages. Because everything around us is changing, the world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us. And the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dahlia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also going to be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition, and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are going to be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are going to be very individual for all of us. And they're going to help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're gonna have different plans, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you, should you not, why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? 
Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's gonna be some great opportunity that's gonna come out of this. How can you set yourself up for success? So her and her team are gonna be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website, streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show. I mean, that's, that's a big, that's a big thing that you're saying. And like, I, I will say like caution, you know, as well, because obviously you've got the hang of it. You, you know what you're doing. I feel like I would have no idea where to even start. But I also, and I think sometimes it's what you don't know that could be, that could be a risk, right? I'm actually pretty conservative in, in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. So, you know, okay. do I, do I do a little bit of stuff in equestrian? Do I do a little bit of, you know, like it's, it's fun money. If I lose it, like, you know, it's not the end of the world. Most of my like registered fund as, as an example, gets loaned out to um, investors for mortgages. So that's, that's actually what I do. And then you can kind of dictate right. your rate, which, which for me, it's worked out well. But I wanted to bring you on because it's just another way to look at things. And again, everybody that's at home or listening to this, I would just say definitely do your due diligence. Everybody, you know, can can have a different story, a good story, a bad story, not to take anything away from you. But it's it's just important that somebody that's listening to this does their own due diligence and that kind of stuff. So, you know, when you're saying you you can increase the cash to be able to buy the the next property and, and you're comparing it to buy and hold which is cool, you know, but when you do the burr and you turn yep. your tenants over, like your, your cash flow can increase. And, and when you do the shorter medium term or different things like that, there's lots mm-hmm. of ways that you can, you can increase yep. that cash flow. But for you, just like when you were looking at, you know, full-time job and, and what you're doing. So I'm just curious, like, okay, so let's just say, for example, I have, I'm just going to put it out there. Let's just say, just come up with a number 50 grand. And I want to understand how I can make that money grow, not in real estate, but in paper assets. Like what are some of the things that you can, you can tell somebody on this podcast on some of the things that they should, uh, they should consider with that money from a paper asset trading perspective. Yeah. It's funny how you mentioned a $50,000 because my free webinar I ran last Wednesday where there's uh, 270 people sign up, 160 people show up. And at the end, I say, if you stay until the end, I know there's more advanced people. I will show you my, one of my account has $50,000 Canadian exact number was the performance for December. So I, so, you know, you know, without, you know, without jinxing it, because this podcast is going to come out months later, but that was a 6.25%. So that's 6.25% generating around $3,000 cash flow. Again, could be more, it could be less, but that was December, right? I didn't pick the best month of November. You know, I didn't pick the average month of, January, but that just kind of average of December. Now for people who are, you know, who say, Hey, I have a $50,000. Now I'm kind of in between. I can't really buy in the next house. I don't want to do the JV. What should I do with this $50,000 to get up to the next down payment? Right. You know, if you really want to diversify a lot of my student, a lot of my, even my clients where we invest together, those people are big time real estate investors. They just say, Cody, I want to diversify. I want to have a little bit more liquidity. Right. And I want more cash flow. You know, I, I, I am doing development projects. It's locking for five years. Yes, I know I can get millions down the road, but it's kind of scary. I, I'm not sure if it's going to flip upside down if all of a sudden something happened. Right. So $50,000, you know, 
my track worker, I can get 3000, but not everyone's like that. You know, went whoever went through my course, there's people getting more than me, but I'm not the advocate of getting the most return. To me, I'm very, actually very risk averse. I'm just like yourself. For me, when I'm, I'm buying a real estate or I am investing in stock or option, I always think about what's the worst thing that can happen to me. I look at that worst case, right? So in this case, right? Because I do wholesaling, I, I partner with uh, one of the biggest wholesaler in the Simcoe County, which is north of Toronto, right? So we always want to buy a good asset. We still want to buy at a discount, right? So because if we can buy at a discount, that is the buffer to our downside risk. So the lower we can get it at, the more cash flow we get, the more room we have for the market to move down before we are really losing money, right? So same thing in the stock and option strategy I'm teaching is we only agree, okay, to buy a stock we wanna buy anyway. For example, not stock advice, but I use Apple, I like Apple, so I say I wanna buy Apple stock. Right now it's at 130, for example, okay? I want to buy Apple anyway, but you know what? I want to get it cheap. Just I want to get an off-market deal, right? It's really hot. Everyone's talking about, I want to get an off-market deal, right? Imagine right now, Apple's a 130, but I can say, hey, you know what? I will sell an insurance contract, right? Instead of paying interest. Now I'm the insurance company, okay? I can sell someone on the other side. I don't know who that is. I can sell him a contract and say, hey, if Apple goes below, let's say 120, right? Right now it's 130. If it goes below 120 in 30 days, then I'll buy Apple. I'll buy hundred shares of Apple because I want that stock anyway. Now I can get it at a discount. And because in, in exchange, you actually pay me, let's say $300 for it, $400 USD for it, for that contract. But for me, as the worst case is, I could pay $400 and then the worst case is that I buy Apple at a discount price, 10% discount. Right. So same thing in real estate. If you buy off market deal, right. I know this is kind of like never happened in the world, but if I can walk to my neighbor and say, Hey, I know you're afraid your house might go down 10%. You're going to retirement. Do you mind paying me $10,000 if your house go down by 10% next year by three appraisal? Okay. If, if it's agreed went down by 10%, I will keep my $10,000. I will buy your house at 10% discount and you can walk away. Right. But if your house price did not go down, right, or go down only by 9% or stays the same, or even go up, I keep the 10% and I keep going on to different neighbors and start trying to you know, sell them this insurance contract, right? So this is exactly how I teach and what I do in stock option. Like to me, it's actually lower risk than buying the stocks outright. Like same thing like to you, like it's probably less risky to buy off market deal than buying on market deal because you know we get a little bit discount. There's already equity in there, right? But in real estate, you know, that's your equity, but in stock option, I even get paid on top of that. I get paid a couple hundred dollars for selling that insurance contract. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I wanna take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors. On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that 
they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is white elmdesignbuild.com or you can send them an email joel j-o-e-l at whiteelmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com good luck on your next projects now back to the show does that make sense (laughs) yeah i mean i mean it does so it, it sounds like like stock options for you anyways, are, are what really helped you versus just buying stocks and just letting the market do its thing. So it's essentially looking at a stock now and offering that if it goes down, then you're going to buy it at that price. Is that, is that correct. summary correct? Yeah. And I get paid to, to wait, right? If the stock doesn't go down that much, I still keep the money I get paid, keep the premium I get paid. If the stock stays the same, I keep it. The stock goes up, I keep it as well, right? So is this good in, in any market? Like, let's just say the stock market is starting to take a tumble versus the stock market is doing really well. Like, is there different strategies that you utilize in one versus the other? Very good question, Sarah. And let me bounce that question back to you. If you buy real estate, all of a sudden there's a down market. Did you do anything to your real estate? No. No. Same thing. Because here's what I learned from day trading. Because Here's why a lot of people lose money uh, trading stocks or trading options. It's because they have too much control, too much liquidity. It's because you have too much freedom to sell or buy that asset in a short amount of time. If right now I go into my phone, I can sell all my position in a second, right? But in real estate, right? If the real estate market goes down, you know, hey, you know, uh, this is still a good market in the long term. You did all your fundamental analysis, right? based on our GDP, you know, interest rate, blah, 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 right? You already know this is the area you want to hold long-term, okay? So if the market comes down, I think based on your strategy, based on Burr, your cash flow is positive, right? You already put in a buffer. So you know on, on a monthly basis, you will not get pinched because of cash flow. So you will hold it for long-term until it comes back up again, right? I have the same mentality in stock and option. So back in March, when everyone's panic selling, right? 
I was actually picking up a lot of cheap stocks, right? Good cheap stocks. So I do the same fundamental analysis on my stocks, like exactly the way I look at uh, real estate, right? So I look at whether a company has been consistently making money, making more money for the past five years, how do they react in the past two recession, right? In 2018, 2009, how do they do, right? Did they get impacted, right? Do they have a lot of cash reserve? Just say in real estate, do they have a, at least six months reserve funds, right? And how's their management, right? And, and, and how do they, they, are they constantly innovating, right? To catch on the trend, right? That's all the things I look, look at. Same as stock, stock market, same as real estate market, right? So I do all my homework, but now for me is I get a pay to wait until I can buy a stock at a discount. All of a sudden now the market turn on me. I know good stock, you know, comes down fast as well and go even higher because good company will come out from recession even stronger because this is what I see a lot of time during recession, right? For example, Apple, they have $200 billion sitting on the side. Okay, so now that the market dipped by, let's say 30%, now they want to buy back their own share because they have confidence in their own share. They want to buy it back. So it becomes more valuable for their shareholders, right? At the same note, they go out and try to buy out the competitors, all the small company. They usually have to pay a billion, but now they say, we know you're hurting. We know you lost a lot of customers. Why not I bring you under my wings for half a billion? Right, so they just go out and pick up all those stuff. So they come out of recession even stronger, right? And that's what the company I look for are those big guys that know what they're doing, will take advantage of it, right? When the market kept going up, you have to actually have to be fearful of it. Not gonna, it's not gonna continue up forever. It might have a correction, right? Same in real estate. When it actually dipped down, and that's when you should actually buy more because those are good times when the market is quiet, no bidding wars. You should actually get more if you have belief, you did your homework. You're not just average Joe, right? You did your homework. Same thing in the stock market. I'm not trying to play both ways, but I just want to buy a good stock, buy a good business at a discount. And that's all I'm trying to do. So now the same business, like after COVID, nothing really changed within that month, but the valuation dropped by 30%. So to me, I can get it for really cheap, right? Wouldn't you do the same thing if housing Brantford dropped by 30%, but nothing else really changed? Like just for example, within a month, but you know, nothing really changed, right? Would you try to pick up more? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, real estate's something I understand. So, so I mean, yeah. I'm just like, this is the stuff you understand. So it, it makes sense. So here, here's a question. Cause you, you, you clearly know a lot and, and I'm always about some of the free options first, right? Just like real estate, there's podcasts, there's books mm -hmm. that people can, can read and, and start learning. And then, you know, until they, they really need, there's still a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of resources available. So what are some of the things that you did in the beginning um, that, uh, that helped you get to where you are today? And then can you share any free resources? Again, great question. It's a loaded question. I think I cannot discount anything I went through for the past 10 years to get me where I am today. It's not an event where, hey, now people see, hey, you wear a say, yeah, hat. that's your brand. You look like you're successful, whatever. But that's just one event. People don't see the process of me driving an hour one way and I drive from out, like Barry area to let's say Hamilton to look at some houses. I, I drive to East side to like, you know, some other uh, seminars, right? I go everywhere. Right. And then I put in a lot of time and I was doing day trading as a second job at night to get to where I am and whatever I'm not doing those, I'm actually reading a lot of books, right? Whether that's stocks books or just business books or real estate investing books. Right. So there's so many good books out there, but a lot of time is, it's not like people always knows a lot of good book, but they buy the book, they put it on the table, they don't, they don't really read it. 
But for me, it's, it's not about what's the next book I should read. I line it up and I just allocate a time in my day. I say, I write five, I, currently I read five books every day, right? But it's not like crazy. I read the entire book, but I allocate 30 minutes for each book. One of the business, one of its real estate, one is personal development, right? And it's a, I constantly get a very good idea, right? New ideas and constantly make sure I'm in the right direction, right? So that, that's where I keep all, all the positivity, like, for, like keep it real, right? And then I keep taking action, right? So, so are there any, any specific resources, like any specific books that you've read in the, in the beginning that you can recommend if somebody wants to just at least learn a little bit without just diving into it right away, just to have a, a little bit of a grasp? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. There's a very easy to read book. It's called um, Money for Nothing. I know uh, <laughs> the author is called Derek Foster. Okay, um, he actually retired at age of 31, so a bit older than me, but he implemented a very similar strategy of buying a good company at a discount. Okay, and right now he's basically living off just by the dividend the stocks, but, but he bought it way back then, right? It's probably 20 years later, but it's very easy to read books, very thin, very easy to read. Not a lot of numbers, but just get you into it, right? It's a very good introduction. I, I would suggest anyone to read that book. If, if someone's really in the area, they want to borrow my book, just message me in it. <laughs> just come grab my book after too, so I can borrow it out. Very cool. Now, you, now, I think you also have a YouTube channel as well that, uh, that you started doing. Can you tell us about that? Right now is at 9.8 subscribers, almost 10,000 subscribers. I have 15 video. I have 15 video. So um, <laughs> when I talk to a lot of big YouTubers, they're like, Cody, you're nuts. Like, I've never seen anyone who has 15 video and have the same amount of subscriber. You should really be keep pushing for more video, right? But when I first started, I, 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 I don't have an editor. I don't know what to do. Every, I don't know what camera to use. So you know, I took a lot of course and try to figure it out and just start doing it. I, I script every word out, right? And um, it's really a thing for me why I do YouTube. I was going to share personal finance, a real estate investing, and stock and stock option, right? So right now, I only share stock option because I ran out of time, right? There's other stuff uh, that, you know, I only have 24 hours in a day. So I'm trying to, you know, allocate my time, but I'm trying to get back into it. But the YouTube channel is really a way for me to share my thoughts like for free. Like, I'm not getting paid anything. Yes. Now that, you know, YouTube pay me a couple thousand per month because I have a subscriber and constant views, but it's really for me to share my ideas and really keep myself accountable because whenever I'm preparing those material, I'm actually uh, ingraining all those uh, thinking in my head again. And now that I put it out there, you know, anyone, everyone can hold me accountable. That's what I said on that day, right? On that day, that's what I said. So I can go back and say, that's, that's what I was thinking a year ago. And look where I am now, right? A lot of my mm -hmm. thinking has changed. So it's really just to help more people and help myself as well. And then really practice the public speaking. Because at first, I, like right now, I can look at camera and just keep talking, right? But when I first started, I'm like, trust me, like my, I'm sweating and I just, uh, uh, I, my, my name is Cody. Okay, sorry, let's start over. And then my partner is like, don't worry, we can edit after. I was like, okay, hi, my name is Cody Ye. Uh, today I'm going to, and I just forget. And you know, like, it's not like now, right? So I came a long way because of the YouTube videos as well. The, right? the more, the more, I mean, even if people for just for fun, you go back to podcast number one or two, <laughs> I mean, it, and, and probably in a year or two, I'll be like, today was rough. 
<laughs> you know, but, but you keep improving because you keep, you keep doing it and you keep practicing it. And, you know, over time it improves and, and the sound of your voice isn't as weird. Like the first few podcasts, I used to listen to them and be like, oh my God, I don't like how, how I, I, I hear and, um, or how I sound. This is so weird. And then I'd be like, you know, I say, oh, I say, you know, and people might just point it out, but I say, you know, a lot. And I say, um, and then you start picking these things up and you're like, I hate those. Edit them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then back in the days when I, like, when I first started YouTube, right? First 15 videos, it's all scripted down word to word. But now I'm thinking of a better way is now that I have a little bit more practice and more confidence is I just going to prepare bulletin points. I'm just going to speak to it and then let the editor, you know, I'm probably going to pay an editor and let him figure it out. Right. But that's an even better practice for me in case for bigger event, you know, I guess stand in front of hundreds of people, right? Where I ran my webinar last week where it was 160 people. So I didn't, I, I couldn't do that in day one, but it's because of all these practice, right? I cannot discount any of those practice, all those, all those process to reach that event, right? So that's really what I'm trying to emphasize on. It's, there's no really one thing. It's, it's all, all these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Cody, you know, you're, you're an inspiration. I mean, you know, there you have it. It doesn't always have to be just real estate or just stocks or just businesses. You know, my, my job for, for you guys listening at home is to just at least expose you to the information. Am I doing stock options? I'm not, but I think yep. Cody is doing a great job doing it. And that's totally cool, but definitely do your due diligence. But I, I think that there's some really neat things that you mentioned today. And if somebody wants to reach out to you, they definitely can. But before we get into that, Cody, we're going to do the lightning round. Are you ready to play? Sure. Let's do it. <laughs> This week's lightning round is brought to you by Complete Properties. If you need a great property manager to help you in the Niagara, Hamilton, and Burlington markets, reach out to Margaret Cameron at 905-920-7886. She can also be reached at margaret at completepminc.com via email or the website completepropertiesinc.com. All right, Cody, question number one. What is your favorite real estate investing book? Favorite real estate investing books? Well, there's, there's uh, many of them. I read almost all of Don Campbell's book, and um, that's where I learned the fundamental analysis about real estate, right? Talk about whether there's a noise and whether there is a real driver, right? And that's the same thing what I do in Stock and Ocean. In that news, what is the real facts? And what is the noise that just going to go, go disappear, right? So Don Campbell has a lot of great books. Um, the, the most recent book I read that really good is called Money People Deal by Stefan Arniel. You know, unfortunately he passed away, but you know, a lot of people think he has a really strong character. You know, I don't know him personally, but he does put out a lot of good content. And uh, I just pick up the book. I like it. I can continue to read a lot of his other books and real estate as well, right? Because he's very similar to my place. You know, he's very young, right? Very established, more established than me in real estate. So I want to learn from someone who has the same drive at this, such a young age and then, you know, not necessarily, you know, agree to everything he says, but there's a different perspective and someone I can learn from, right? Very cool. Question number two, I don't know if you're a podcast listener, but if you are, what is your favorite podcast overall? <laughs> I don't have a favorite podcast. I, I like a lot of podcasts because they bring on different people, right? So um, I actually like to listen to podcasts. For example, I like to get on podcasts like yourself where you're not doing stock and option because the question, the tonality coming out from, from your answer and question, I know, you know, the due diligence, the disclaimer, I'm very careful on that, but I like to listen to different 
uh, people from a different perspective because that's how it will stimulate my brain to think differently because I don't want to live in my own world and say, hey, stock option is the best, only real estate, small business, there's nothing else. Don't worry about Bitcoin, don't worry about anything. But I like to listen to different perspective, right? So I actually like to listen to people as a different opposite perspective. Um, so I don't have a favorite uh, podcast. I listen to, uh, I, I tend to listen to a lot more US podcasts because a lot of time, you know, uh, they have a totally different perspective, totally different market, totally different strategy. And I, a lot of time I like to listen to those and see if those apply in Canada. And that, then there is my blue sea, right? If everyone's listening to Canadian podcasts, no one knows about that strategy. I could be the first one to tweak it and to make it work. And I'll be the first mover advantage, right? Yeah, that's, that's well said. Question number three, what do you do for fun aside from stock trading or real estate? Um, <laughs> so I'm very active actually uh, before the COVID thing. Uh, I started hockey four years ago. I, I never played hockey in my life. Like hockey's not a thing in Taiwan, right? Where I came from. So I like to play hockey when I was working at Honda. Uh, I snowboard in the winter. Uh, this summer, I'm trying to get into more, uh, more golfing, more tennis, and more car racing. Right? I know we're talking about that off record before the <laughs> recording. Let's see if that happened. Uh, let's see if the COVID's over and um, I can really go out and have some good instructor lineup and just sit right beside me and teach me the rope, right? Yep, absolutely. Question number four, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how do you recommend that they do that? Um, I think $50,000, if you really, really want to buy a real estate, you can come up with so many creative ways, right? Now, team up with your friend, team up with your family, or anything like that. But you're not, if you're not educated enough, maybe you should first at least read some books on it, right? I already said some of Don Campbell's book are really good, right? Maybe, Sarah Larry, I know you were writing one. Maybe at that time it'll come out, maybe. <laughs> and really get yourself educated. And a lot of free content out there. Okay, not all of them are right. A lot of people sharing those free content don't actually do it themselves. Just to make sure you do your due diligence as well. Make sure those people are actually doing that and becoming successful because of that, right? So get educated, read books, attend a lot of seminars, a lot of Zoom. Everything's on Zoom. Everything is so cheap. You can pay $10 to sit there for three hours and soak up from a lot of experienced investors, right? So no better time to learn than now. Now, on the flip side, of course, because on the selfish, I offer a course. So I want to talk about the course. But here's the thing, though. I've seen so many people try to say, I, I could go free content. And, 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 and for months, for years, they actually didn't take action because there's always something lacking, especially off the execution side, right? Even like Sarah, you run your own, you know, um, last year, where you were bringing your clients out to do the bird, do the on-site you know, walk them through all uh, signing contract, financing, all that, right? A lot of people have the knowledge, but they need a handholding. And that's what your course is providing. And that's what my course is providing for stock option, giving people that confidence and that community and that handholding and the accountability to help them become successful. So if they're serious, you know, a lot of times people say, why is your course where Sarah, same thing, or why is your course so expensive? But all the students, I'm not sure about your student, but most of my students, like, Cody should have raised your price, right? Uh, we, we, we made back the money a month. And, and I said, that's what I want to hear because I give them the confidence. I hold them accountable. I push them, right? And they're, they can fly. Now they can fly, right? So I want to see that. I want to see others are successful. And that's how I define I am successful. There's no point in me making all the money. And I say, I can make it. And then everyone who took my course can never make the money, right? I don't want anything, anything like that related to my reputation. 
All right, Cody, last question in 20 seconds or less. If you lost all of your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? Um, <laughs> good question. If, if I get to keep my reputation, if I get to keep my brain, everything in my brain, I will actually, you know, I, I will not find a job. I will just start building because it's free to build, build, build a brand again, right? To, to have a YouTube, you know, as long as you have, even have a phone, you can start by giving out good content, right? Build, build that reputation, build the branding and attract money. And then, you know, help other people make money and you will make money, right? You make less, but hey, there's, there's a famous saying where you rather get half of the watermelon or get the whole grapes, right? So if I have to start all over again with the knowledge and reputation I have, I'll just do, keep doing what I'm doing right now, right? Getting on more podcasts. <laughs> all right, Cody, where can my listeners reach out and find out more about you? Uh, so I have a website called codyye.com, uh, C-O-D-Y-Y-E-H.com. And then I have sent you the links where, you know, I have some personal links to my YouTube channel, to my free stock and option Facebook group. Right now there's around 2,500 people in there, right? And then you can find a lot more information on my website. You can add me on Instagram, Facebook, you know, just stay connected, right? Keeping it real. All right. And can you, can you spell your name so people can find you? Yeah, so it's C-O-D-Y, that's first name. Last name is Y-E-H. So my website is codyye.com. Cool. I took it up. Cody, (laughs) thank you so much for being on the show. It was a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Hey, guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons, and at the time, they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away, and eventually, only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that, and the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that work, and also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.